Hello, livestock friends, and welcome to this edition of Before the Bid. This is a podcast dedicated to the livestock sales industry where we go behind the scenes of the operation and speak straight to the sellers. We discuss topics about the important aspects of their operation, location, the people behind the prep work, and talk about some of the animals that will be offered to you, the prospective buyers. Hopefully, you've got your sale catalog close by. You might have to go look through that pile on your desk. But if not, then you're probably like me and driving down the road or busy with chores around the farm. And that's okay, too. Wherever you are and whatever you're doing, I hope you enjoy this segment of Before the Bid. I'm your host, Andy Howell. Welcome, livestock friends, to this edition of Before the Bid. And on this episode, we go to Wisconsin, and we are talking with an Angus operation. And their Angus sale this year is going to be on September the 11th, and they're calling it an Angus Decade Edition. And so uh, we're talking to a guy tonight that actually kind of started in the horse world, and then he said he started helping some friends in their 4-H animals and that sort of thing and got to clipping some cattle and running running around doing some cattle and so uh, just a, a good guy that that I've enjoyed talking to I've actually been up and seen these cattle and talked with him a time or two here and so I'm very happy to get him on the phone here tonight to talk about this one and we're going to Riley Brothers in Darlington Wisconsin and again they're having a sale on September 11th and they're calling it the Angus Decade Edition and tonight I'm talking with Chad Morrissey about these cattle and about the history and things of Riley brothers and chad uh, appreciate you getting on here with me and getting this thing put together and and i'm really interested in hearing some things about the history of riley brothers and and some of you guys's philosophies and things and, and getting into those sale cattle so i want to welcome you to the podcast well thanks andy i appreciate you having me on and i'm a huge fan of the show and i love what you're doing and i find it so interesting and the name of the podcast being before the bid and talking to these breeders and, and discussing you know all the work that goes into this pre-sale and and uh, it's really neat how you do that and I, I appreciate you having me on well, I appreciate that and and if you hadn't listened you said you you've listened to, to a few of them we put one out uh, which would be on we're, we're recording it's actually the day before we're recording this and we put one out and it talks about some of the history of that so you can get a little bit more information on that so neat. I'll definitely tune into that but uh, I, I appreciate you listening appreciate you being a fan and and i know when i sent you the the text message said hey what about this you said yeah i love it so uh just makes me feel good that that you guys listen and and enjoy it and so you know somebody that that works there at riley brothers a, a great operation so i appreciate that a lot well chad let's get into that that's enough about us let's get into you uh, a little here and and if you would tell us a little bit uh, about your history and and kind of how you got started in the cattle business and things and and then kind of lead us up there into into riley brothers right well i got first of all i gotta give you a big thank you for calling me a horse guy there to start with i can <laughs> only imagine the backlash of my angus friends but um you know usually that's a secret i keep to myself oh. but uh <laughs> it, it, it is uh i grew up in a small town belmont wisconsin not too far from darlington it's just 10 miles down the road and, mm-hmm. and mom and dad and, and the family we grew up on horseback and quarter horses and, and trail riding and having fun with that and my parents own a, a couple small printing businesses that I worked at, and uh, I guess where I got into cattle is is a lot of my good buddies in high school and, and later on in college were pretty involved in the 4-H programs, and, you know, I was one of them kids that just begged to go down to the fair, and, and all I wanted to do was sit on the show box in the show barn and have a terrible fan blowing in my face, and it just really latched on to it. And I took pride in, you know, learning from them guys, and, and it wasn't too long you know, I had a Clippers in my hand and, and probably in the beginning making a lot of mistakes with them, but just uh, observed and always tried to surround myself with people that were superior than me and, and really watching them and learning. And so I got into clipping pretty heavy and, and doing some things. And there's kind of a funny story about that. One of my good friends, Lucas Clayton, that we still work with and we kind of play around with some club calves here and there, but his uh, last year at State Fair, he, he had bought a couple steers from Bob May, and he thought he had a pretty good chance at these things, and he was real nervous about getting them fit for the show. He ended up finding a neighbor down the road that had some uh, market lambs. The rule at Wisconsin State Fair is, is you have to be family or an exhibitor of the fair to help fit an animal. So 
he found me a market lamb and entered me in state fair and uh, <laughs> took took me up there. And I, I don't know anything about sheep, but uh, I actually worked on this thing for a little bit and run him around till his tongue's out. That's I guess that's how they do those. But uh, I took him up there and got my exhibitor band and we go to fitting on this, his crossbred steer for the crossbred show up there. And the guy calls me, he says, Hey, your lamb's it's going we got to go in the ring with this thing i said it's not why i came <laughs> it's not why i came i said can you can you grab can you grab somebody else and have them show it he says yeah I'll, we'll do it we'll figure it out and i you know i felt terrible but that's not why i was there i was there to win the steer show with my buddy and I'll tell you what we got our butts kicked in the steer show and uh, my lamb won his crossbred class oh my gosh and uh I went back up to the lamb barn to take them in for the overall crossbred thing, and they said, what class are you out of? When I was walking in the ring, and I had no clue. <laughs> <laughs> I had no clue, but, yeah, so that's that's kind of how I got into cattle. It's it just kind of more on the 4-H side of things, and that's how I met the Riley brothers, John and Jeff Riley, and at the time, Glenn Davis was here. And they were getting some cattle ready for some consignment sales and stuff, and then needed me to come up and asked me to come up and clip some for them, so. That's how I met them guys, and you know, ever since I I stepped foot on the farm, I just they they were great people to be around, and I enjoyed it. And I latched on to cattle so much. I just I've, I've realized that in my life, in the, in the club calf world, it's it's hard to make that a consistent business. You know, there's professionals out there that are absolutely awesome at it and, and do make a living out of it. I realized that if I wanted to be involved in cattle full time as an occupation, that maybe the Angus world is something I ought to learn and. Right. And started spending more and more time up at Riley Brothers and, and really learning from Glenn and John and Jeff and, and really latched on to it. And, you know, now it's when you're talking to me, it's either family or cattle and cattle are, that's my life, you know. So, but that's kind of how I got into cattle. Not that that wasn't a horse guy. We'll leave that there. But <laughs> uh, I tell you what, once I got involved in the cattle, I fell in love with it real easy. Right. Well, that's that's a, a great story. And, and isn't it so funny how sometimes you, you go to a show and, and you're geared towards this one really doing good and something else kind of sneaks in yeah. there? And <laughs> What a great story. Anymore, whether go, we're going to a show or going to a sale, you know, it's not that you don't have your expectations high, but I try to be more realistic with it. And uh, it's always better to have the underdog attitude than, than going somewhere thinking you're going to top a sale or, or win a show, so. Right. I'd much rather be surprised. So you got through all of that, and and you've you've been at Riley Brothers now for for twelve years, correct? Yep. So I worked there part time, helping them in and out whenever I wasn't in college, and whenever they'd squeeze me in, they'd always have me, and, and been there full time for quite a few years since, and and stepped into the herd manager position when Glenn moved on to lenses, and uh, it was an easy fit for me, and I knew the cattle as good as anybody, and. It's just kind of more on uh, making them, having the more responsibility and, and making the bigger decisions. So it's been a blast, and I, and I love working for Jeff Riley and, and, and Judy. I don't want to ever leave her out. Judy Riley's the, she's the captain of the crew. That'd be uh, Jeff's mom. So we always kind of talk about her as she's kind of our, our bird in the sky. Um, she's got a, a little ranger she drives around the farm on. And, uh, and if you aren't busy when she drives by, you better be finding something to do because she's she's watching. <laughs> got to have somebody to keep everybody in line right yeah and she just gives her sweet little sweet little innocent wave to you and uh you you know exactly what it means (laughs) (laughs) right well you have started a family since you've been there at riley brothers and and why don't you uh introduce them to us yeah so i'm married to my wife melanie i have two kids trey and madden trey just turned three years old and madden's five months so the house can be a little hectic. I'm thankful for my wife right now to have them kids under control because I mean, when usually when I get home from work, it's dad time and they're crawling all over me. So she's doing her best right now to keep that at bay. So I appreciate that. <laughs> and uh, it's it's been a blast having Trey around, my boy. And obviously Madden's pretty young, but Trey being three now, he goes out to the farm with me quite a bit and he loves cattle. And it's just a blast having him around. Uh, his, his biggest flaw we're working on right now is everything's a bull so whether we're out oh yeah cows or this and that it's bull this or bull that and i, I think that's maybe going up in wisconsin uh when surrounded by dairy farms as he thinks that the black and white ones are girls and the, and the black ones are boys but we'll get that figured out at a later age 
<laughs> right, right. Well, and you guys, uh, you guys have some good bulls up there, and and uh, a bunch of bulls from time to time too. But he'll get broke of that pretty quick. <laughs> yeah, so. but he uh, he enjoys the farm, and that's that's my biggest joy is is having him and and being able to share that with him. So it's fun. One of those deals when you have kids too. You always you never want to push them. I'm always. I'm always trying to make the farm cool. I don't want to ever make it a chore. You know what I mean? Right. I, don't, I don't ever want to push cattle on him. I want it to be his decision. And maybe he'll show pigs or sheep or, or ride horses or, or dirt bikes. But as long as whatever he decides to do, as long as he's passionate about it, I'll be his biggest supporter. But it's been right. it's been fun having him at the farm. And I hope he, I hope he stays excited as he is now. Right. Well, that's great. Well, you know, I've I've learned, uh, and everybody always told me when you've got them that young, man, just hang on to them because before you know it, you blink your eye and they're it's over, and and uh, yeah. they're fourteen or fifteen, and and uh, so yeah, just uh, hang on to them and keep taking him with you and enjoying that for sure. <laughs> you never take them enough. <laughs> You're right. You're right. Well, Chad, tell us a little about about Riley Brothers and about Jeff and and about that operation and and what it's all about. If if maybe we don't know uh, about them, yeah, absolutely. So we run a large amount of cows, but uh, mainly uh, besides the cows, we're just a row crop operation. Uh, one thing we're really proud of here at Riley Brothers is is that we're farmers. Mm-hmm. There's no outside investment in this farm. This is a farm that supports itself. You know, at the same point, we try to be as diverse as we can, too. So we, when the trucks aren't hauling out of the field in the fall, they're running grain to ethanol plants. And, and you know, when the guys aren't in the field harvesting or planting, they're helping with cattle. And, you know, we're trying to work on getting a little online meat store going and, and doing some farmer's markets with some, some beef. And we feed out our own cattle. But one thing you always ask Jeff is, is when he's talking about business with you, and he always he always tries to be diverse with his decisions because you know some some years the the corn market's great, some years it's not. Some years the cattle are where you want them to be. Sometimes it's not. But if you keep your spread out and uh, your roots wide, I think that's what's important to him, and that's one thing you'll you'll always hear from him when he's talking about business. And, and Jeff's a great businessman and, and an awesome boss to work for. So, but that's just kind of that's who we are. We're farmers, and we're farmers, and uh, I think. For anybody that has met us or, or wants to come up for a visit, I think you'll find yourself very comfortable, you know, sitting down and just the camaraderie with, with the whole crew, not just myself or Jeff, but Jim and the rest of the guys. I mean, they're busy guys and should mention my help and, and talk about them guys. Tom Edwards, he's he just had, I think it was last year, our bull sale, we did a big special on him. He's been with the Riley family for 20 years and he's my feed guy. He, he, he doesn't get involved probably on the registered end of and things a whole lot, but he's the one that keeps them fed. He's the one that's shoveling the bunks out after a big rain or a snow. So Tom's been an awesome guy, and kind of my right-hand man to the cattle is, is Tim Salati. And if you ever call me or if I'm gone or not getting back to you, that's that's the guy you need to talk to. He knows the cattle as good as I do. Tim's awesome. Um, he's my, whenever there's a decision to be made or anything, it's he's the guy I discuss it with. Troy Kenyon's our newest guy to the, the crew. Uh, I brought him on. I just needed a little bit more extra cattle work. Uh, begged Jeff to get an extra cattle guy in here, and we'll laugh about this with Troy, but he comes in here to do cattle work, and he finds himself in a semi or grain cart or planting corn or wrenching on something in the shop. But that's just kind of how this operation works is you got to be able to do everything. So um, mm-hmm. Scott McDonald's been with us. He's great cattle help. And then you got the Riley boys. Uh, Josh Riley would be John's son, and then Jeff's two boys. Mitchell and Michael so it's a great crew of guys to work with uh, we all do a little bit of everything I'll be the first one to admit that uh, I'm the one that probably is the least diverse I do uh, cattle probably 360 days a year but uh, every once in a while I'll get burnt out and you know five days in a tractor ain't too bad either so right. I'll do a, little bit of, do a little bit of work here but I'll also be the first one to wreck it, so they don't. <laughs> they don't. They don't always need me. This summer, I got myself in a little trouble. I was unhooking a chopper box, and I'd done it thirty times that day in the same spot, and got out and pulled the pin and drove away. And you look back in the field, and there goes the wagon. And all I could do is see everybody shaking their head, and I had to think <laughs> to myself, "It's 
you know, I've unhooked a wagon there how many times a day, and it's just got to be one of the cattle gods gave that thing a big shove and, and laughed at me and told me to get back to doing my cattle stuff because the field <laughs> and the equipment's not where I belong. It's <laughs> <laughs> a good way to get yourself fired, right? Or get yeah, yourself yeah. fired from that job so you can go back to the cattle. How's that go? Yeah. You do it once, it's an accident. You do it twice, it's stupidity. So i got to watch myself because I'm right on the verge of, of going the other way with that. So no more mistakes for me. Yeah. So, yeah, I, I, enjoy, I enjoy doing the field work and, you know, in, in the Wisconsin dynamic of crops. Um, we got a lot of fields everywhere, and we farm a good amount of acres. And it's hard to put a big acreage together around here, so there's a lot of moving around, or these guys need seed, or these need, guys need fuel, so... When I'm not doing cattle stuff, I'm I'm gopher into them guys and, and trying to keep the operation running a little smoother. So I enjoy that too. Well, that's awesome. How long have Riley Brothers been farming and, and been in the cattle business? Oh, man, I, I don't know exactly. I think probably five or six years ago, I think maybe we had an, a 75th anniversary oh, wow. of the farm. I'm guessing 80, somewhere around 80 years. It's a, it's a multi-generational farm. Like I said, Jeff's mom, Judy, is, is still really involved and kind of oversees us and keeps a good eye on us. So, mm-hmm. And uh, we still farm on the original farm uh, where it was all started. They used to be dairy farmers and then, then transitioned to being commercial beef farmers. And, and then when they brought Glenn Davis on, he brought in the purebreds and developed that. So like I said, mm-hmm. Jeff's always wanting to diversify and, and, and uh, manage the risk of, of farming as good as he can. So. I guess that's my responsibility now is, is to manage this purebred end and make that as good as I can. Mm-hmm. So not just one of those pop-up herds, pop-up farms, uh, just, uh, you say, about about 80 years. And-, and like you mentioned, we've been in the business, I think it's been 16, 17 mm-hmm. years on the registered side of things, and this is our 10th production sale, and I'll guarantee you there'll be mm-hmm. 10 more after that and 10 after that. That's how Jeff does business, and he does it in an honest and responsible way, and and, and does it in a in a way he can limit his risk and be around and and you know be just a great man at business. So I I have no doubt in my mind that that there'll be a twentieth and a thirtieth sale here at Riley Brothers. Right. Well, that's great, and it'll come along just because of the, the starts you guys have had and and the, the high quality cattle and and uh, some of those things that you know you can tell Jeff is is one of those guys if he's going to do it he wants to do it right and and get the right crew in there and, and get those guys in there and right 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 what what are some of the breeding philosophies that you guys have that it's going to be able to keep this thing going on for the next 20 30 years and things and and why there's so much success right now right so like i said when they got into the registered business they brought on glenn davis uh, glenn's my father-in-law and and married his stepdaughter melanie but uh they brought in glenn davis and glenn brought in he grew up with angus cattle and he said, all right, if we're going to do this thing, we need to go back and we need to buy these three cows. So it goes back to the lady cow family, uh, one that Glenn grew up with and developed. And we bought these cows in, and they were older genetics, being a VRDs and 6807s, but with genomics and, you know, progressive breeding. I mean, we caught them up EPD-wise. The cattle were always good, but EPD-wise, we started behind like powerful cows. I remember one of the first cows I clipped on for Riley Brothers was the 308 cow. And they were taking her down to a, a consignment sale as, as a proven donor. And this thing was just, I, I didn't know that Angus like this existed. I mean, mm-hmm. and I think maybe that's where they caught my attention is uh, in the show ring, you know, at the time they were kind of bad haired, frail boned, kind of, you know, feminine looking heifers. But man, I didn't know that Angus could be this powerful and this impressive. So I really latched onto these and, and got involved in their program. But I think where we're lucky at at Bradley Brothers, and I always worry, you know, um, where our niche is in the market and with this lady cow family, and, you know, they're getting so spread across the country where there's a lot of them out there. But, you know, I think we're so small, and, and there's so much untouched space with this thing. But it's a family that I've, I've grown up with. It's a high-growth family. It's a true power cow family. It's just putting a little twist on them here and there to grab the current market, uh, one thing I'll never breed or never go away from is the power and growth. I mean, we truly believe and we all know that our commercial cattleman gets paid on by the pound and gets cattle run across the scale. So number one priority for me is always growth and power, and, and I won't go too far away from that. But uh, at the same time, I try to keep these things as balanced as possible. 
so if I get a big power cow and, and sometimes she has a flaw maybe on the carcass and I'm, I'm comfortable with, with plugging that type of carcass animal on a power cow just to try to average out her EPDs, but I know I won't lose lose my power completely 100%. So mm-hmm. I think that, you know, sometimes I, I don't want to say mistakes people make, but they single trait breed year after year after year on one trait, and I think we can lose kind of the functionality and, you know, the real-world traits of our cattle, and, and that makes me a little bit nervous. I mean, I'll be the one to tell you that I genomic every one of my calves. Mm-hmm. I'm a believer in it. I, I love the system. But I also grew up, you know, surrounded by dairy farmers uh, here in Wisconsin where they, you know, the dairy industry was involved in the genomics way before our Angus breed was. And right. 15, 20 years before us, they were in it and uh, bred for milk and milk and milk because that's what mattered to them. And they lost their fertility. Mm-hmm. They lost their structure. You know, they lost their cow sense, um, mm-hmm. kind of single trait selecting. So I think that's something we have to be very careful uh, as we move forward in the Angus breed. Mm-hmm. And you kind of alluded to something earlier that you got to be able to look at them a whole lot more than, than you do trying to paper breed these things. Right. And like I said, I mean, my first years in the cattle were, were in show cattle. So mm-hmm. a lot of my friends and my, my show jockey friends, they'll, they'll laugh at me and just tell me <laughs> I'm a numbers guy. But I tell you what, you can come look at some of my donor cows and they could go stand in the clubby program or same with all guys heard and be as good as any of them. And yet they still got a set of numbers beside them. And, and that's something I'm proud of. And, and Hey, I can, a lot of them guys will be calving out cows, hoping for a bull or hoping for a heifer and, and be upset when they don't get what they want. And then this Angus thing, it doesn't matter to me one bit. My vet always teases me when we're Craig checking. He says, you need to know the sex of this one. I said, not unless you can change it. <laughs> doesn't matter to me right <laughs> what market is goal? i mean I, it doesn't matter what sex it is or what shape it is or what the pedigree is but just physically getting an animal that you can enjoy is, is really important right and i remember when i came up there with glenn and and jeremy hag a couple years ago uh i was so impressed with how powerful these cows are and then you started talking some numbers and and this one's a this and this one's a this and i'm like this doesn't make sense to me uh, how how this set right. of cattle can this set of powerful cattle can can be this well numbered and and not bred exactly for the numbers but just bred for the power and the, and the numbers come with it and and I just remember being so impressed with that a few years ago. And that's that's just where we've been so fortunate with this cow family. I mean, it is it has been absolutely one of the most prolific things I've dealt with, and and not only are they so powerful, it, it's the fertility. Our flush program's been so good here, and the fertility on these cows, my embryo vets are just absolutely amazed. I can bring on partners, the donors, that can satisfy both programs. Our bulls can go off to stud and pop off semen at a young age, and they can create the volume of semen to handle the, you know, the number one bull in registrations in 17 with Starby Tour of Duty. And, mm-hmm. But I think he's sold more volume of semen in one year than any bull ever has and, mm-hmm. and produced enough to do it. Mm-hmm. So the fertility has been absolutely outstanding with this family, and they do so much right. It's it's really just been a joy to work with them. Well, that's great, and and I do. I just remember remember that uh, about that set of cattle. And Chad, you you talk about some of these embryos and things, and and uh, something that I thought was really interesting about uh, the satellite farms or or the lack thereof in you guys' program. Right. Everything here is raised on the farm. We do have a few commercial commercial cows left, but uh, we're getting bigger into the registered recip program. Um, so basically I'll retain probably, I would say, 85% of my registered heifers every year. That first year, the heifers all get run through an AI. Based off of how they do with their first calf, you get to either stay in the AI program or you go to the embryo program. Mm-hmm. So slowly the commercial cows are leaving. I think within a year or two, they'll be gone and we'll be 100% registered. But that is nice, and I understand the Angus's gimmick of, of why they allow that program and us registering all them cattle, and it's just more data. It's definitely a benefit to the embryo calves. So mm-hmm. um, it's a really, really neat program and something we're, uh, we're really focused on here at Riley Brothers. Right. And if you need some more cattle for the sale or something, you can always breed them back Angus and, and roll right with them. Right, and, and and it's not always that, you know, they're not good enough cows that have a calf, but, you know, there's only so much room for AI and cows, and my superior ones are going to stay there, and, and I, I'll laugh, I'll give tours, 
and uh, we'll go through some kind of our recip and different our ET pastures, and and guys will be blown away with cows, and I'll say, heck yeah! I said, that's an awesome cow. I said she deserves to be AI. I said the Ang Association probably didn't like her genomics or beat me up on her, and mm-hmm. she's just not as marketable as the ones I got in the AI program. So there's lots of great cows everywhere, but they can all serve a purpose. And, and like I said, I, I can go through my reset pastures and enjoy every reset in there. I mean, right. it's, it's, that's not what the program's about. I, I don't think they're su- less superior physically. They're just maybe something that's not as marketable about them, maybe in their pedigree or, mm-hmm. or maybe a defect that the Ang Association threw on us or something. But mm-hmm. either way, they serve their purpose and, and are fantastic cows. And probably a lot of other guys would come in there and want to take those cows and and Absolutely. maybe maybe make some donors out of them or or put them in their a, a top AI program. I've sold actually a couple of recip cows that I was using that are that are in some club cat programs right now as donors. So oh wow! It just goes to show you that just the the mass and the volume of the, how deep our herd is. I mean, people would laugh at me on some of these recips. So, but you know, it's just how your system works, and I feel like that's. That's a compliment to the program is, is how deep we can go on cattle around here. And and I think there's a lot to be said about this sale that we're putting on this year. It's, it's deep a long ways. And it just, uh, I have a lot of options around Riley Brothers. And we have a really, really, really good embryo program and great vets around here. So it's uh, we can excel quickly. And it's just making sure that we make the right breeding decisions and then don't go backwards on it. Right, and, and along with that, uh, you've talked a, a little about uh, some of the, the cattle that you've sold and maybe the recifts, but you guys have sold some awfully, awfully good cattle that have went across the country and uh, really made a big splash. And you got a few of those that come to mind or, or maybe some of the herd bulls or, or bulls that you guys have sold? You know, I'll tell you a story. We were uh, working on getting this catalog out here for our sale this fall and on September 11th sale here and uh, Joel our new manager asked me he said I want to do a legacy page he said I want you to give me three cows or six cows depending on if you want to do one page or two page he says pick me your greatest ones I said that's probably the hardest thing I've had to think about in a long time and I couldn't narrow it down to three and then I said let's do six and I couldn't narrow it down to six I mean that's just a testament to the program. It's not that there's not six great cows or three great cows that have left this place. There's so many more and so many success stories. I I just didn't know how to select that few of cows. Mm-hmm. It's one thing we're really proud of here at Rally Brothers, and it's the dynamic of our customers. And uh, We work with a lot of ground floor people, guys just getting into the business. We work with some of the most established programs in the country, and maintaining the friendships on all levels is something I love doing. It's so good to catch up with the established guys and, and pick their brains and learn from them. But yet I love working with the ground floor guys and the guys that are eager to get in this and, and, and be somebody. I mean, I take great pride in that. And what's really, really nice about working with the Riley family is, is they're so lenient to me is, is to go ahead and help these guys. I mean, mm-hmm. Jeff's not a selfish person with me. If these guys need help picturing or these guys need help breeding cattle, I'll go spend a couple of days with them. Mm-hmm. Uh, make sure they're making the right decisions is so we all know when we buy cattle these days we're not just buying cattle for fun we're buying cattle for an investment mm-hmm. i want to make sure that these guys are making the right investment and doing it with riley brothers and, and making sure we're following through you're not going to buy a cow from me and and not hear from me on down the road it's, we're going to be friends and we're going to have a great friendship and I'm going to treat that cow as an, as an investment you made and an investment you made in us and i'll follow through with that and and make sure everybody's doing the right thing. And so I guess kind of a question or, or a statement here, you guys have some knockout cattle. Let's be real honest, this sale is they're not all going to be this crazy high price because you guys like to make it so everybody can buy cattle. And I, I'm not one of them guys that it's going to jump up and down and, and you know blast my average up on Facebook. i tell you what I want to do is I want to sell cattle to good people. And I want these cattle to be successful. Like I, like you just said, we were just talking about, and, and you asked me to name some cows that have been successful. And I could go, go on and on and on about uh, these cows that have gone places and made money for people. And, and I'd love to tell you all them stories, but I don't think we have enough time for that tonight. <laughs> but uh, that's what I love. I don't need to have a, a $40,000 average. I want cattle to bring an honest price. You'll find out that when you do business with Riley Brothers, we're not guys that, 
uh, play games. We're, we're guys that do honest business, and we want people to buy our cattle, and, and we want to be paid to what they're worth. Whatever that is is what the hammer drops on that day. We're not goof around with you. We're not going to floor cattle on you. Mm-hmm. You know, we're not going to play those type of games. And I've seen great ones leave the barn for three grand. And I've mm-hmm. seen people make hundreds of thousands on a mm-hmm. $3,000 heifer. Mm-hmm. I won't go naming names, but there's been a couple. And uh, more power to them. I mean, right. And that's how you get repeat customers, you know. Right. Right, how you get repeat customers and keep happy customers. and Exactly. I, w- I want people to make money. I don't, I, when an animal leaves this farm, I don't want that to be the animal's greatest day. Right. And that's that's really important. That's something Glenn taught me. He said he said to make sure you always follow through with people, he says, and treat that as an investment and treat them as your friend. He said, make sure that they're successful. And that'll be the, the business you do after that will be the easiest business you ever do. Right. Well, speaking of selling these cattle and, and the sale and, and things like that, you have a new sale manager coming on. Yep. And and also, uh, you have a new auctioneer for this year's sale. Right, yep. We brought in Cody Lauderman as an auctioneer and uh, Joel Judge as a manager. In the past, we had, had worked with Scott Crawford and Jeremy Haig. And them guys are like family to me. They're two very good guys. I still talk to them regularly. And I think it was just time to freshen things up. Uh, Jeremy moved along. And we just uh, felt like every once in a while, it's good to keep things and keep everybody on their toes. So... We brought Joel, uh, Joel in and Cody in. I, I don't think uh, all my customers are going to love these guys. Uh, you know, if anybody that has met Rally Brothers, uh, we're big on personality and, and fitting us and making sure that you're comfortable uh, with our program and who we are. And these two guys are great guys. And it'll be so nice having them. Uh, for those of you guys that don't know Joel, is Joel is one of the most honest cattlemen I've met. When I asked him to do my sale, he said, well, he said, I don't do a whole lot of sales. He said, I'd like to come up and look at your operation and look at your cattle first before I make that decision. And I thought to myself right away, this is going to be good. Yeah. Whether I'm right or wrong, I just want somebody that's going to do honest business with us because that's how we like to do business. So once Joel got up here and, and got to looking on these cows, he said, yeah, let's do it. And what I like about Joel too is that he said, he said, I don't need to be hog wild and, and running around and doing a bunch of these sales. He said, I want to do the right sales and I want to do it with the right people. So we're so fortunate to have Joel, and I shouldn't leave Courtney out. His wife, Courtney, does an awful lot with the catalog, and, and he always refers to her as the boss. So I haven't <laughs> got to meet Courtney yet, but it sounds like uh, she's in control. So I'm looking forward to that day. How often does that happen with a couple? She's the boss, and he just kind of goes with it, right? <laughs> I, I think that's that's how we find peace in life. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> <laughs> got to have that in my house, too. <laughs> I'm excited to have them guys on this year. I think it'll be fun. And, and along with that, we brought Glenn Davis back. He's on his new adventure with Genetic Pathways Consulting. So Glenn's going to be back working with us. Joe Beaver used to be the manager of Powell Farms in Tennessee that were great customers with us. Joe's running his consulting deal now and, and was always a great friend with us. So he's back. Zach Moffitt. He's kind of our East Coast guy, uh, really good cattleman, somebody that knows the lady family well, and he's going to be flying in here shortly. So kind of a variety of consultants that we're bringing on and, and really good guys that I'm excited to work with. And the sale is going to be on Saturday, September 11th. Uh, going to be an evening sale. Start yep. there at 5 o'clock, and that's Central Time there at Darlington, Wisconsin. And if you can't make it, we'll just throw this out there right now. If you can't make it, Live Auctions is going to be there that you can you yep. can bid. Brooklyn, uh, Brooklyn will be in-house. She's an absolute sweetheart. Uh, so get a hold of Brooklyn if you got any troubles with Live Auctions. But that's... Uh, that's our go-to on our on our internet. Brooklyn's a sweetheart. Yeah, very good work with worked with her a couple times, and uh, actually, Brooklyn said, "You know, maybe you ought to call Chad and see if he wants to do one of those podcasts." <laughs> so, uh, we'll, we'll give her credit for this one. I'll have to thank her. Yeah, yeah, I will. Yeah, we both will. So, Chad, are you ready to get into some of these cattle and and talk about some of the lots that you're going to have in this sale? Absolutely. I'd love to introduce a couple of these things. I, I won't go through every lot, but I'll just kind of go and, and give you a few that I think that the Angus community needs to know about and uh, some of the stuff we're getting attention on already that we're getting excited about. Right. Let me let me stop just a second. Where can they see this catalog? Because my understanding is, is there's not, at recording time, there's not a whole lot of guys that have catalogs. 
Right. It should be in the mail this week. It is online at angus.org, or you can follow us on our Facebook page. I'd rather Brothers Angus on Facebook. That's where we live. That's where all our current information's at. So I advise anybody go to our Facebook page. We try to manage that really, really well and keep all our up-to-date information there. But the catalog is on angus.org under sale books. So you can see it there now, but hopefully you'll have it in hand soon. If you don't know if you're on our mailing list, which sometimes that's hard to nail down what that is, but if you're nervous about getting the catalog, just call me and I will get you on the list and we'll get you unmailed as soon as possible. Mm -hmm. And I'm looking at the catalog off of RileyBrothersAngus.com, so so it's right there and, and really easy to find. Yep. So another place they can they can get that if if maybe they're not watching the podcast video or don't have that in hand while we go through these. So yeah, Chad, you open this book and and man, there's there's two powerful ones right there right. in the lot one and two. And why don't you just start talking about them? Yeah. So these two cows here, they these two cows mean a lot to me. Um, they've been kind of the the lead off donors in my donor pen the last few years. Uh, they're kind of my go-to. So these two here, these will be these will be cows that the farm will be missed. Uh, our protocol is always is we try to sell our four or five year old donors. We want to sell cows that are in the prime of their life, cows that have already proven themselves here in our embryo program, cows I have data back on, cows that I know are superior, um, and that's exactly what these two are. The lot one cow, she's lot one for a reason. There's very few cows that have been. I don't. You know, it's really hard to describe a cow this good. I mean, physically, this thing is one of the most powerful, correct, great-footed. I mean, this is one of the best-footed Angus cows you'll come across. She's so big-bellied and powerful. And what I love about her more than anything is, is her being a way-up, timeless. She's really, really outcrossed to what's what bulls are current and what bulls are happening in the breed today. This is a cow you can breed to absolutely any of the current tires that's desirable in the industry but more importantly to be a proven donor and still have the number set that she is is so impressive i think this is this is as close to a cow i've ever been around that does absolutely everything right mm-hmm. we're selling a power play daughter standing right next to her just a young calf that just keeps getting better and better all the time if this cow doesn't set herself off and make herself famous in this female sale everybody's going to know about this cow when it comes to my bull sale in February. Mm-hmm. I could have one of the best set of embryo calves I've ever had of any single cow on this farm. This cow here can make some bulls. Mm-hmm. She is absolutely awesome. I mean, these bull calves are going to just blow people's minds. It's been just outstanding. And not too many times when people come to the female sale to look at cows, do I want to, you know, take them and show them some, some bull calves. But found myself on my first few early tours here is, it's just, it's, it's hard to put in words what I think of this cow and what this cow can do, but I'd rather just go show you. Mm-hmm. I mean, it is, it's just absolutely jaw-dropping what this thing can do. And, and to have her flexibility of her pedigree, I think she's pretty rare. Right. So that's why she's lot one. This has been probably one of the most special cows I've been around. So mm-hmm. she'll be missed, but uh, I tell you what, somebody's going to have an awful lot of fun with her. And just to boot. She's bred the EZR Adoration. It's a young sire of Grimius's that was the leadoff bull at, at EZ in California. She's got a heifer calf in her, and I think this heifer calf will be worth an absolute fortune. Mm-hmm. So there's a big token, big token coming soon there. Right. So, a lot two cow is, is just absolute freaking nature. I think Joel said it best when he walked up on her. His exact words is he said, I've never seen an Angus cow like this. Mm-hmm. She is one of the stoutest bone, biggest footed cows that you'll ever come across. Joel said to me exactly, he said, Chad, he goes, does this thing have numbers? <laughs> Slightly, yes. Yes, yeah, she's got pretty good numbers. <laughs> and he goes, well, she doesn't need them. She, he said she could be in anybody's Simmental program, limousine program, or using club calves. He said, I don't care if she has numbers or not. This is one of the best cows I've ever seen. So that's kind of the best way to describe the lot two cow, and, and she's got the numbers to go along with her. Mm-hmm. I think one that's just awfully special, one that uh, took an awesome picture for me, but is even better in person. And this thing will just blow you away with power, and she's so photogenic and upheaded, and the fertility is awesome. I own her with the Gaffney uh, family up in Barneville. She serviced both of our programs well with embryos. I looked up her flush records the other day for somebody, and she's averaging 23 on seven flushes. Oh, wow. So uh, she's been an awesome embryo producer. 
but uh, physically one of the best cows you'll ever see. And you can kind of see if, if you're reading through some EPDs is the Angus Association wanted to beat her up on birth weight a little bit mm-hmm. and CD. That was kind of her hiccup. And, you know, but uh, I want to make it very clear that if you look at the lot 2A and 2B heifers. Oh, wow. You can see how them heifers are genomic. Negative birth, 14 CD. You get into 2B as the girl fund out of her, which is absolutely a lights-out heifer. And again, 11 CD and 0.9 on birth. So you'd like to say that's where you'd like to beat that cow up, but uh, the next generation likes to prove that wrong. So right. I think this is a cow that's just absolutely special. And, and the 2B heifer is absolutely outstanding out of her. I mean, that thing is really, really good-looking in a powerful set of EPDs to go with her, but we're really, really strong. There are fall yearling heifers in this group. Glenn Davis was through uh, the other day, and he, he says that's the hardier sale. He said, you could go in and buy any of these fall heifers, these fall yearling open heifers. He said they are all donor quality, so there's not a bad one in the group. I agree 100%. That's why I sorted them, and that's why I put them there. But it's a pretty good group of heifers, and it's fun showing them to people. But you get into... Like three and four, uh, last year to wash our sale, uh, the lot one cow was the 7173 donor. Uh, she was purchased by Lynn's uh, Heritage Angus and Herbster Angus Farms. That was probably next to the, maybe the 760 cow in that aging group. That age group of that model of calves, and those were always the two best cows between the 760 and the 7173. So lot three, lot four go back to the lot one cow last year. Um, three being a dually that's 321. I'm not a big guy to pull up sorts and and figure out where she ranks on what's higher. I'm a pretty as is guy, but I'm assuming that's probably one of the highest dually heifers in the breed there in lot three. Mm-hmm. The alternative heifer is just an awesome heifer. Uh, she's off a of first calf heifer out of 7173 that's clean, an alternative out of her, but I do a fair amount of judging and I like to think I can study good cattle. Uh, this one's really, really young in her picture here when we had to do these catalogs, so she's pretty little there. But as far as uh, the new PGS show and, and what's happening there and, and kind of the dominance the lady family has, I think this is one I'd go find and look at because this thing is so pretty, and she is so massive and big belly now and so correct and sound. Like I said, she's really young in that picture, but I think this one's got a really bright future if that's something you're looking for. And, and she balances right up EPD-wise to be competitive in that program. So I think that's one that'll be uh, that'll be interesting as far as that thing goes. Mm-hmm. On that picture of her, you've got the, the PGS stamp. Uh, you've got that throughout yep. the catalog, right? Yep. So, yeah, we just kind of selected a couple of these things. Um, there's quite a few we could go deeper on. Uh, like the lot three heifer can show, lot five heifer can show. I think... I just kind of put that there on ones that are absolute standouts. Mm-hmm. I mean, I think there's lots of options we can do and go there. And heifers that might turn it on and get better than some of them. But I guess when we were making those catalogs, Joel asked me to, to pick a couple of them. Those are the ones we kind of landed on that I think are my picks. So mm-hmm. that's why you'll see that on a couple of those pictures. But we get into the lot five heifer. I think this one's really unique just pedigree-wise. I mean, a Panther Creek Incredible out of the No Doubt Identity. Just an absolute sweetheart of a heifer. Panther Creek Incredible is about the Krebs zone. Pretty rare deal. You don't see too many of those out there. Um, this one, you know, being monster numbered, uh, $323 C, and just looks the part. She's already looking like a donor cow. Just big stout twist and muscle in her and, and really, really powerful. And we own her with the Emmy Group. It's a, it's a group of guys from Minnesota that have invested in our program and they bought her mom as a lot one a heifer a few years back and this is her first natural calf so uh it's uh, exciting to have them guys to be a part of the sale too so i appreciate them mm-hmm. you'll sell her as a whole with without yep. uh them retaining yep. anything of her i'll, I'll kind of explain how that works on a few of these lots in here you'll see on the second note and they're putting their footnotes it'll say owned with what that is, is in our program here at Rather Brothers is if you want to invest and have interest in an animal, more than willing, we'll be okay to do that with you. And, and how that program works is is that donor is, is welcome to stay here at Rather Brothers if you choose to have her stay here. She stays here free of charge. Well, we will house her year-round, breathe her, calve her out. We split the embryos 50-50, split the embryo bill 50-50, keep it clean and dry, I ship you your embryos, my embryos stay here so we don't 
we don't get to anything mixed up there and me raising somebody else's calves and then no matter if she has a bull or a heifer all natural calves go on my sale so mm -hmm. we don't keep creating more partnerships mm -hmm. so i think that's one of the difficulties you get in that and and getting too many partners involved is right there's too many variables that go along with it, but we keep it very, very neat and very clean and dry with our customers. And uh, everybody I've worked with on that just loves that about us. And they love having the opportunity to, to sell one in my sale when they get one. So that's kind of how we handle that. But you'll see that in the book here. There's a few of these mm -hmm. co-owned heifers, and they're some of my partners, some of my best friends, and it's a joy to sell cattle for them. Okay, good. That's kind of how that works. But uh, right. we'll get into 6 and 6A. I've had some tours of some people go through and and go through them fall open heifers that I told you were so good. A lot of times they'll land on lot six. Uh, I think six is naturally the growthiest, most powerful heifer in that age group. And I had quite a people come through and land on her. One of the best baby calves in the sales six A. And, and like I said, when I took these pictures, they were pretty young. But this heifer here will just absolutely blow you away in person. Uh, I sent a video of her to the guy I co-owned that donor cow with the other day and he just just absolutely fell in love with her and, and she's just a sweetheart and the Angus Association found some genomic markers in her and, and found some growth that they liked and you know she's up there pushing 194 to 200 right. you know, yearling weight and uh, I agree with that 100%. She's the growth heifer of that contemporary group and I think they hit her head on so that one there I think is pretty special. Mm -hmm. Lot 7 I mean if you just wanted to sort sort numbers in the sale as a number package i think this one's pretty dang elite a jet black going to back to a 1682 with double digit cd 170 a year 200 dollars beef 327 c pushing 100 carcass weight which i'm a big believer in mm -hmm. dollar ams nice milk's nice i mean there's just really no holes in this heifer epd wise so i think one that's just really unique as a breeding piece there so i think lot seven's cool that way lot eight is a co-owned heifer with FC Angus and, and Kevin Kramer is the owner down there. Kevin's an awesome guy. This will be one of the, I think it might be the first. I don't know if she is the first, but if, if she isn't, she's one of the very few that have ever sold out of the, out of the ultra provider bull of Gramiuses. This heifer here, uh, she was a little late to creep feed and was a little skinnier in this picture, but she uh, has really put it on since, and she's just a really good shouldered, really, really like traditional Angus looking uh, heifer that just has a monster EPD package. And, and some of the people that come in through farm tours, maybe some of my cattle are a little too extreme for them, a little too much, but this is a little bit more traditional base, but really, really current on our EPDs. So I think that one's kind of cool and unique that way. Mm -hmm. Nine and nine A are a, a plus one and a pause Maverick out of our 5509 donor that I own with Brumfields in Michigan. 5509 is an awesome cow, and you, you definitely can see it in these two daughters. My personal favorite, 9A heifer, uh, the Paws Maverick heifer, she's got kind of a smaller picture on that page. That one's uh, really, really good in person. I think one that people will find on sale day. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. As we get deeper in this catalog, I mean, I don't need to go through all these lots and kind of tell you a little bit about everything, but uh, there's absolutely some more natural calves in here that are alpha donors that are awesome. The 11A heifers uh, is a natural calf that I own with the Russell family in Missouri. It'll be great to have them up for a sale. That one's really phenotypically good. Um, the girlfriend sister to her up top on that page is just an absolute powerhouse. She'll be cool. Mm-hmm. Get back into like 14, 15, uh, some really good spring heifer calves. Uh, 15 is a re uh, Wilkes Regiment. It's a bull that Wilkes has sold in Denver. I believe the Slack, Lenses, maybe Four Sons. Uh, I don't want to go name the name, something like that. I bought in on that bull. And Aaron Kaiser does an awesome job down at Wilkes's. And I, I got to see that bull, and that bull's pretty dang good. Mm -hmm. So we went and plugged him in, in a few places. And, and that heifer's really special. I think she'll she'll be a sale day. Uh, favorite for some people but as we get back further into the catalog and there's just an awful lot of good breads in here and, and like we talked about earlier I'm, I'm not one that needs to have a twenty thousand dollar average on the sale i mean sure I, i'll take it and it'd be awesome but i want to make sure that people are all level and all budgets can come to my sale and buy good cattle so mm -hmm. we just go into a really good set of bread heifers there's some awesome bread heifers and, and you can see as we get back into 18 19 19 a your EPD packages, your pedigrees, we're not dropping off. Mm -hmm. I mean, these cattle are absolutely good. I just don't want to bore you guys and go talk them all. <laughs>
it gets into like 22 is a beast mode heifer and that's a bred heifer that's really really cool she is she's a one four marbling heifer which is kind of crazy for our lady cow family but, mm-hmm. uh, we could go on and on about these breads but uh like i said I, I just want people to know that i don't want you to ever shy away or or be timid about coming to a sale because I want you to know that we're going to sell $2,000 cows. We're going to sell $2,000 calves. We hope that it's always better than that, but we want to make sure that everybody comes here and, and buys some cows and, and make sure that we work with people on all levels. Um, I think that's really important to us. So, right. Um, just always, I always tell people when they call me, they're just like, Oh, well, which ones, which ones do you like? And that's a question everybody asks me. And I always answer that with it is what do you need? Right. Um, right what are you looking for you know i mean i don't want to go try to sell lot one to everybody in the world um exactly she's geared she's geared towards some programs um what do you need do you want to raise a bull calf that you can retain in your herd i sold a sold a couple cows last year to a bull customer a bull customer that's been an awesome bull buyer buying top end bulls from me spending great money i said we were just kind of hanging out and talking i said how come you never buy any cows he goes ah you know just enjoy buying bulls from me. I said, yeah, thought to yourself. <laughs> you can come buy a pretty dang good cow from me for probably twenty five hundred three grand. that's AI bred, do the same time as the bulls that you're buying from me. Then you could just raise that bull calf and, and retain him in your herd. And not trust me, not that I don't want to sell this guy bulls, but I, you know what I mean? There's, right. It, right. It's not always the question of which one's the best, it's what do you need. Right. right. So I, I make sure I go through that from every party. <laughs> And a lot of people won't know how to answer that question. They're like, "Well, I don't know." Well, I said, "Well, let's get that. Fi- let's get that figured out." Mm-hmm. Where do you want your program to go? What do you need? What do you want to accomplish? And then I'll go through my catalog with you and show you which ones can help you there. Mm-hmm. What a great way to to treat customers. Right. So, and, I, and the always question is, is you know, how much money is this one going to bring? How much money is that one going to bring? And I'll be the first one to tell you. It, I hate doing that because I don't know. <laughs> right. I won't know until the hammer drops. But if somebody comes in and, and tells me their budget is this, I'll go way up into ones that I hope bring way more than that. But you never know. And I don't want somebody to not raise their hand on a good one because right. some reason sold cheap that day. So right. Uh, I won't leave. I won't leave good ones off your list. I want you to be prepared to to buy the best you absolutely can for your budget. Mm-hmm. Right. There's other another sale manager that I'm friends with. He says you got to be on the edge of your seat and always pay attention right. to those. Absolutely. And like I said, I, I've seen $3,000 heifers leave this farm and go on to make hundreds. So there is always that one. Right. So always be prepared for that and, and, and do your research and use me as a reference. I mean, I'll be, I'll be straight honest with you, and I'll, I'll grade this sale right down to the last one if you want me to. So prepared for it and then i'm not afraid to do that and I, like i said I, the best business is always honest business so right. i'll try to be as honest as i can with everybody right well that's great and it makes for great people to work with makes for a great sale whether it's an absolute knockout crazy uh numbered sale or not but uh when you when you leave riley brothers you, you know what you got what you wanted and and uh they're going to take care of you right and I, I tell you what we went through and prayed check these cows the other day and and they are bred up. I was a little nervous when we bred these cows. It was it was really, really hot for us during breeding season, and I got a little nervous on that, but we pre-checked them the other day, and I, AI bred these things all the way to the bottom of the sale, and you're going to take yourself home an AI calf and, and a good calf. So mm-hmm. a lot of them I bred to our trust fund bull. That was a lot one bull in our sale last year. He's a, he's a growth fund. He's a, a full sale to the the top selling heifer that Herpsers bought and shown in the in the PGS show last year. It's a bull that Grammy S has bought. I think one of the best young herd sire prospects I've sold here. Mm-hmm. Genotypically wise, number set wise, just all around really, really good calf. So I'm excited to get those out in other people's herds. I think people are going to be super pleased with them. If they them calves are just half as good as that bull is, we'll have some exceptional feedback on that, I'm assuming. So lots of the other ones are bred to current sires that are in the breed. So I, I'm not just not always just trying to prove my bulls uh, when I'm going ahead and breeding sale cattle, but I'll breed to a lot of bulls that are current. I mean, mm-hmm. um, I believe every bull needs a different cow, and that's a question I get asked a lot too: is is what bulls are you using during breeding season? Mm-hmm. I, you know, I start with a list of thirty bulls, and I breed all thirty of them. Mm-hmm. Uh, every cow has flaws and strengths, and uh, they need to be mated accordingly. So you'll see that through the sale. But uh, that'll be a really, really good set of bred heifers and bred cows. Mm-hmm. 
Well, that's awesome. And you started talking about the, the bulls that you've sold. You you guys do still have the bull sale every spring. Yep, yep. It's always the third Saturday in February when we'll sell about 60 or 70 bulls. Okay. Yeah, I was going to say plug plug the bull sale just a bit uh, while you got them in. Yeah, absolutely. So, like we said, we're a performance-based herd, and we realize our realize our customers get paid by the pound. So, when I go to start selecting them bulls, I'll, I'll usually start with about 150 for the bull sale. Mm-hmm. Uh, we'll go through and we'll feed them after weaning. Uh, obviously, at weaning, if you're not up to par off the cow, that's the first cut. Um, after that, we put you in the yard, get on some feed. I'll cut you again in a month if you're not picking up and gaining weight with the rest. Mm-hmm. So performance performance is our first cut. Mm-hmm. Um, then we'll go in and we'll cut on feet. Um, I'm, I'll run these things up on cement. I'll, we'll stand there and stare at them, me and Tim, and we will absolutely, I don't care who you are or what your pedigree is or what your EPDs are, if you got some bad feet on you, you're coming off. Mm-hmm. And then uh, docility. So I'll really, I mean, I'll start with, 120 150 and we'll weed it down to 65 70 that we feel real comfortable with uh, oh wow and that's uh, one thing we've all learned in the cattle business is keeping bull customers happy is always the biggest task of the year so mm-hmm. i want to make sure that that product is as close to perfect as i can make it mm-hmm. right and when you've got so, when you start with that many you're not trying to hang on to them or or anything like that yes. you're you're looking for reasons yep. to get them out of there probably more than anything exactly exactly so it, it's 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 a process that I really enjoy, and it's fun watching them bulls grow up and, and watching them change and, and seeing who's going to be the man of the group. And it's uh, it's something that's really it's really fun. And I think as Angus breeders, some, too many times we get lost in having the greatest female or topping the sale or having the biggest average. But when it comes back down to it, the whole purpose of this thing is to breed bulls for the commercial cattlemen. Mm-hmm. And we've got to make sure that we're still doing that. Mm-hmm. And keep you in the business. Right. One thing before we totally get off this catalog deal, he asked you to put three or six cows in the back, and and you couldn't do that. But uh, if they're not, maybe not looking at the catalog, what what did you decide to go ahead and do in the back of that catalog? Okay, so we kind of touched base on that earlier, and and I could have picked three cows or could have picked six cows that, in my mind, are the greatest. Maybe somebody else wouldn't agree with me, or or Glenn would call me and chew my ass about it. (laughs) But uh, I, I think we just couldn't narrow that down. And I didn't feel comfortable, and I didn't want somebody to feel left out. So I tell you what I decided to do is with Joel, I said, hey, let's go through. And I said, I, I'm so nervous about leaving somebody out or offending somebody that I didn't put their cow in there that uh, let's just list every single person that's ever bought an animal from them and write them a thank you in the back of our book. So if you'll see the back book, uh, back two pages of our book, there's about 370 buyers of, of people that have bought cattle from us over the past 10 years. And I'm thankful for each and every single one of them, and I just wanted to list their names and then put them in the book and give them some recognitions for for being not only customers but friends to us. So we appreciate that, and I think that's the first way I could have done that. Right, and that's awesome. Uh, not not very often do you see that, and uh, I, I really appreciate that and, and think that's really, really a neat deal. Cool. Well, I appreciate it, and trust me, I, I was really really racking my brain over uh, joel's legacy cow idea for a couple <laughs> days and I, I i just couldn't come about a good way to do that fairly so this is the first way to do it and uh, i hope people have fun looking at that and it's something we're really proud of is to have that many customers and, and that many people that have bought cattle here and believe in us so uh, just a little uh little tribute to them guys for our decade sale. Right. Well, it is an Angus Decade Edition. It's the 10th Annual Fall Production Sale of the Riley Brothers, and it will be held Saturday, September 11th at 5 o'clock p.m. Central Standard Time in Darlington, Wisconsin. And, uh, Chad, anything else we need to know about these cattle, about the sale, or, or anything about the operation before we close this thing out? I would say... It- if you need to know anything more, just make time to give me a call at night. Uh, visit visit our Facebook page, website, anywhere you can grab information. Uh, my phone number is on all them places. Give me a call, and like I said, I'll uh, I'll give you a good, honest opinion on these cattle. I'll talk to you about which ones you which ones I like and which ones might fit you the best. And if you have any questions at all, I mean, nobody knows the cattle better than me. I, I live and breathe with them every day, and. Uh, I'll give you a good, honest opinion and, and help you along with any questions you need. 
Well, that's great. And uh, I know, uh, guys, when I called Chad and, and we talked, why it was uh, it was straight up right as soon as we started and and was telling me some honest things. And so uh, I just, just really appreciate that. And, and Chad, really appreciate you helping me get this podcast put together. And uh, I want to wish you luck there on the sale. On September 11th, and uh, again, just uh, just appreciate it, and and want to wish you luck, man. No, thanks, Andy. Thanks for having me on, and, and thanks for the wishes. I appreciate it. Again, the Riley Brothers, an Angus Decade Edition, 10th Annual Fall Production Sale, Saturday, September 11th, at five o'clock in Darlington, Wisconsin. And we want to thank Chad. We want to thank the Riley Brothers, and wish them luck. And we want to thank you for listening to another edition of Before the Bid Podcast. Thank you for tuning in to this edition of Before the Bid. For more information and to learn more about upcoming podcasts and sales, visit us at beforethebid.podbeam.com or Facebook, Twitter, YouTube, and Instagram pages. For information on being a guest on Before the Bid, please email us at beforethebid at gmail.com or one of our social media pages. Remember, that's beforethebid at gmail.com. Happy sales to you, and we will talk to you next time on before the bid.